This is WexCast from the Wexner Center for the Arts at The Ohio State University. I'm Melissa Starker, PR and content manager for the Wex. For this episode, I sat down with film video director David Philippi to discuss Cinema Revival, a festival of film restoration happening February 27th through March 3rd. Now in its sixth year, the festival presents restored classics and world treasures, along with experts in the field of film preservation. Dave talks about some of the other festivals that helped inspire Cinema Revival, some memorable programs from past years, and some info on what's lined up for 2020. There's really one main festival that I go to every year. I've been going for maybe seven or eight years. It's called Il Cinema Ritrovato in Bologna, and that's for many reasons, I would say the the best one in the world. It's it's not just restored films; it's archival films, and so some of the films that you see might be in you know pretty ragged shape, but mm-hmm. they're still rare, um, rarely screened films and things like that. Um, but thinking about it more, I guess I would go back to um, even when I was in college. There are smaller gatherings that aren't happening as much anymore. But in Syracuse, there was one for decades called Cinefest. Um, There's one in Los Angeles every year called Cinecon. There's actually one in Columbus um, that's been going on for decades called Cinevent that always happens in May. And those were started by film collectors, people that collected films on 16 millimeter. And it was a way for people to get together and watch each other's films and watch rare films. And that's kind of, I guess, how maybe that bug started for me. And just depending on which one you go to, there were archivists and different professionals in the, in the field that were there. And it was a a good way to, you know, as a very young person, start meeting people like that. So that for me started back in the late eighties. Of course, the going to Bologna is a more recent thing, but other festivals, there's a great silent film festival in San Francisco every year, and I've been to that a number of times. And again, it's a, you know, archivists come and different professionals in the field. And, um, and I've been to something in Los Angeles called The Real Thing, which is held at the Academy every year. And that is really aimed at people that are directly involved in film restoration and and preservation, like real professionals in the field. And I go to it just because I find it really interesting. And some of the presentations could be, you know, things that are are only of interest to people in the field, like, you know, the best way to store data or something like that, um, the best way to structure a database or, you know. But then some of the presentations are are exactly what I'm interested in and, and actually are things that I've brought to the Wexner Center um, where maybe someone who works at an archive or at one of the studios or at a company um, like John Polito at Audio Mechanics um, often does presentations about restoring sound on films. And he came and he was a guest at um, Cinema Revival last year to talk about his work on detour. So those are some of the main ones I go to. There are certainly others around the world. MoMA does a great restoration festival every year. Um, now the turn classic movies has this gigantic festival in Los Angeles every year. And, you know, so, um, there are, you know, things like that happening. And then there are segments in bigger festivals devoted to restorations like Cannes now has a, a classics wing and the films that they show in that are always restorations. Toronto sometimes will show restorations. Telluride shows a lot of restorations. So it happens kind of all over. And, that, and I'm just mentioning, you know, North America and Europe. There's certainly things like that all over the world. So was it the fest in California that first connected you with some of the experts in the field directly? I would say it was kind of a combination of all three. Um, I met Grover Crisp from Sony for the first time at the San Francisco Silent Film Festival. 
and he's one of the organizers of Real Thing every year in in Los Angeles. And so that's how I met him. Um, but you know, really, um, the way. I started to meet the most people or just get connected to more people it was after we invited Kim Hendrickson from the Criterion Collection here in 2008. And, you know, pretty much once a year after 2008, we hosted somebody from the Criterion Collection. And sometimes, like as in Kim's case, Kim's a producer and she would talk more about, you know, how the package came together, like maybe the extras and how they decide, you know, what films they're going to put out and things like that. But then eventually people like Lee Klein and um, Ryan Hollings and stuff, people that do more of the actual um, restoration, whether it's sound or or image, started to come and and talk about their process. And so that kind of overlapped. And they would point me or point us in in other directions, um, make connections with us. So kind of a combination of all the things you know obviously going to festivals you start to meet people and make connections that way just another one i was at the real thing two years ago i think and ben burt the the kind of legendary sound person and craig baron the visual effects person who if people look up their filmographies they worked on the raiders films and you know lots of big hollywood films ben you know started back with star wars and but i saw them do a presentation at the real thing and i was sitting next to a friend who knew them very very well and we, we happened to be sitting in the front row and and he said you know oh haven't you met them before and i hadn't and he just introduced me right away and and that led to ben and craig coming to the wexner center maybe a year and a half ago to do kind of the the making of the raiders of the lost art program that they did here where they talked about their um, contributions to the sound and, and special effects in the film so um, it happens a lot of different ways, but yeah, certainly festivals, you know, everybody's there. I mean, it's really a, a efficient way to meet as many people as, as possible. Another thing I would add, um, it shows the people that are that do the work that you're serious about it, you know, especially the real thing. I mean, I think the fact that I, you know, show up as often as I can, and for the most part, everyone there is, you know, more of like an archivist or a technician, you know, there are very, very few programmers there. You know, by being present and by showing a lot of interest in what everyone's doing, I think that, you know, again, kind of makes them take you personally more seriously, take the Wexner Center more seriously, that this is a place that's really interested in in showing, you know, their work. Was it in talking with those experts that you were sort of inspired to create a festival here? What What was the impetus for doing it? That was definitely a part of it. Part of it was just as simple as, you know, I would have like these great experiences and, you know, you would sit and think it's too bad that the people in Columbus, you know, that our audiences can't have this exact same kind of experience. And so that was a big part of it. Um, you know, some of the films that you you know, when you hear from the people that did the restoration, you know, some of them are pretty cut and dry, you know, it was a very straightforward process. But then other stories are, you know, just absolutely riveting. And when Lee Klein did his presentation about um, the the, pre- or the restoration of um, the, the Apu trilogy mm-hmm. and all that went into it. We're talking about like archive fires and, you know, working with the Academy and just like there were so many components and it was such a dramatic story. And, you know, that was just like, we have to do this at the Wexner Center. It's such a great story, you know. And so that was a big part of it. And, you know, personally, I've always been interested in film preservation, restoration, you know, going back to when 
you know, going back to the 1980s. And so we would always occasionally do programs. You know, we might do a Criterion night here, or we would show a new restoration there. And I think just, you know, as a, as a film program, we started to talk about it might be a better way to call attention to some of the issues involved with this type of work if we joined it together over the course of a weekend and, and invited, you know, not just one or two, but maybe five or six or seven guests to come in and talk about their work and kind of build a critical mass where people in Columbus or maybe even the broader region could um, come and have an experience like that they might have at a bigger festival on one of the coasts or in a different country or, you know, uh, how could we bring a version of that experience here to the Wexner Center. Another thing that I would say was a part of the reason why we started this festival was in attending some of these events, whether it was at The Real Thing or Il Cinema Ritrovato in Bologna, we started to hear, I started to hear from more people about what digital technology was adding to um, the possibilities in, in film restoration. And, you know, going back to when the, the move from film to digital was happening, you know, I was one of the, the kicking and screaming people um, that, that this was kind of going to be the end of the world. And then, you know, it was Grover Crisp. Honestly, it was, it was Grover Crisp from Sony and hearing him do a few different presentations about what they were able to do with digital tools that, that were simply not possible. And there are some films... This this one comes to mind. It's not necessarily you know world classic or anything, but um, Bye Bye Birdie, the mm-hmm. film with Anne Margaret. You know, I remember Grover introducing it um, at a festival and and talking about it. here's a film that has just been sitting on our shelves. You know, it's faded, and with analog chemical technologies, there was nothing they could do to bring that color back. Once it's faded, you know, there's nothing you can do. But now with digital, they can bring the film back to you know what to their expert eyes or expert opinion what the, what the film was supposed to look like in terms of color. And we, we showed that restoration, and it did. It looked fantastic. The color was vibrant and just popping off the screen. And you know, here's a film, and there are you know dozens and dozens of films like this, now hundreds of films, that without digital, they would never have been able to do you know what they've done in order to bring it back as close to what it looked like. And um, the difference between film and digital, that's... Um, you know, it's a different argument. And now I think, you know, there's so many young people that they they actually think that there's something wrong when they're watching a film, whether it's the instability of the image or <laughs> dirt or pops or whatever. It's, it's, it's almost just the opposite now. But um, there's no arguing that digital has brought so many films back that would not have been possible before. And, and I think I found that really interesting. And so when, after hearing Grover and some other people kind of talk about, you know, what digital was making possible, I think that was another reason. It was, yeah, like a little bit of a light bulb moment where something new is going on in, in our field and it would be great to bring as many of these people to, to the Wexner Center to talk about it. So it sounds like there are certain touchstones that you have for every festival. If you were trying to describe this to somebody who had never been here for that event... How would you describe it? What would you say are the high points? Obviously, most people don't come to every single program over the course of the weekend. Some people do. But um, I would say, you know, if you come for, you know, most, if not all of, of the weekend, you are going to hear about some of the challenges that the people doing this work face. You're going to hear about the importance of this work. Why does it, why is it important to preserve and restore, um, you know, not just 
really well-known films, but ephemeral films or home movies or, or films from other countries. Hearing from the experts is certainly a big part of it, and I think it's one thing that we do that you know sets this festival apart from you know certainly anything that's done in the middle of the country. But seeing the films is a big deal too, of course. And you know, one of the films that we're showing this year is John Huston's Moulin Rouge, and it's a film that a lot of people have probably seen, but it really hasn't looked like it looks now after this restoration. You know, probably since it came out, and to see. Houston's treatment of color and atmosphere in the film and then, and now the care that went into doing the restoration it's just it's kind of an unbelievable experience and to see it obviously big um, you know instead of watching it at home on your TV or, or device um, it's just an experience in and of itself and so I would say all of those things and also I would say another important part is in some cases some of these restorations can really change film history and an example I would give, um, you know, Martin Scorsese started this organization called the Film Foundation, and they their charge is to promote film restoration and preservation, um, starting in the U.S., but now they started something called the World Cinema Project. The aim of that was to work with, um, to find films from countries that maybe don't have the infrastructure to restore and preserve the great films from from that country. And now there's even something more specific, the Africa Film Project, which is um, like the World Cinema Project, but focusing on African cinema, where they help, um, with with a team of people, they try to identify the great films that have been produced across the African content, preserve them, restore them, but then also make sure that they're shown, you know, starting with the, the home country, but then, of course, around the world. And, you know, some of the films, like we're showing Munamoto, um, which was the very first feature film ever produced in, in Cameroon. And if people don't have a chance to see the film, how can you, you know, include it in any assessment of world cinema, you know, anything? And so I think just the mere fact of restoring some of these films and bringing them to light again and calling attention to them can have all kinds of ripple effects. Well, I have to say that one of the things that I think is really terrific about Cinema Revival is that diversity of programming. That, you know, if somebody who's not familiar with this kind of work thinks about the sort of films that might be restored, they probably have a much narrower view than what is actually being done in the field. And I was wondering if you could talk about maybe a couple of highlights for this year. I definitely think that's the case with this year's program, too. Definitely. And of course, um, as you just mentioned, I mean, that's probably, you know, our number one concern when we put the weekend together is to make sure that there's a a diversity of of offerings. And, um, you know, we don't want to just show restored Hollywood films or, um, you know, well-known films by well-known directors and things like that. And in fact, the the, the programs I tend to find the most interesting are the the oddball things. Um, You know, we've shown Dan Stribal was here a couple of years ago to to do a program of, of home movies. Jeff Lambert was here from the National Film Preservation Board to show kind of a eclectic program of, of films that, that they've had a hand in restoring over the years. And this year, well, number one, um, we are doing a program of home movies from the Academy Film Archive. And of course, that's probably a little bit more glitzy than um, some other programs, but they are, they're literally home movies. They're 
stars like Carol Lombard and, um, you know, some of these won't be as familiar to everybody, but Carol Lombard, Fred McMurray, Hedy Lamarr, Cary Grant. Um, actually, a lot of the films came from Douglas Fairbanks Jr., his wow. collection. And I, um, I had to get his widow's permission to show some of the, the films that we're going to be including. But they're just absolutely fascinating. I mean, here are these preserved home movies of these, you know, Hollywood legends, you know, up on the screen. And, um, you know, where else are you going to get a chance to see things like this? And so I was really excited that that came together. We're showing two films from the Film Foundation's Africa Film Project this year. I mentioned Munamoto, which is from Cameroon, and then um, The Woman with a Knife, uh, which is from the Ivory Coast. And again, they're both terrific films. They're beautifully restored. I mean, they just look like the, the best examples of independent films made from that era. And, and they're just, they're, they're terrific films. And, you know, I'm guessing most people haven't seen them and, and probably haven't even had a chance to see them. And again, that's a, it's just an opportunity to have it front and center, like that these countries have film traditions that we don't know anything about. And, and, um, you know, again, it's, you know, over the course of two days, you get to see two films from, um, from this initiative and, and Margaret Bodie, who's the executive director of the film foundation will be here the second night to, to introduce Minamoto. Cool. Another highlight that I'm excited about this year on the Saturday afternoon of the festival, um, February 29th, we're going to be doing um, a restoration roundtable. And so it'll be Sean Belston, who has been to the festival numerous times in the past. Now he's at, at Disney, after Disney um, took over Fox. Margaret Bodie from the Film Foundation, Grover Crisp from Sony, and Mike Pogorzelski from the Academy Film Archive will be here to have a roundtable discussion um, about film restoration, but more specifically, how these entities work together. So um, with Disney and Sony, of course, you have two studios, two commercial film studios. With the Film Foundation, you have um, an entity that kind of serves as a catalyst to, to bring different you know, resources and assets and people together to restore films. And then with, um, with the Academy Film Archive, it's a nonprofit archive. And you know, frequently to complete the restoration of these, of these films, um, different entities have to work together. And sometimes it's really extreme. You know, archives all over the world working together to, to find the best elements to bring a film together. But it'll be a great opportunity here from, you know, from four, again, experts and from different corners of the, of the restoration and archive world to talk about some of the projects that they've worked on together, um, including um, you know, one of the films that we're going to be showing that weekend, Jacques Tourneur's um, Way of the Gout Show, which was a project between the Film Foundation and Fox, now Disney. Um, but um, yeah, and, and a number of other films that we'll be showing. So yeah, that should be an exciting afternoon. Well, definitely looking forward to this year's edition of Cinema Revival. And uh, thank you so much, Dave, for giving us some more information. You're welcome. It was fun. That was Wexner Center film video director David Philippi on Cinema Revival, a festival of film restoration. This year's fest kicks off Thursday, February 27th at 4.30 p.m. with the Film Foundation restored African drama La Femme au Couteau. For a complete schedule and more info on all things Wex, go to wexarts.org. Thanks for listening.